Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today, my guest is Faye Speedy, founder of The Beauty Bulb and The Beauty Book, and we are going to be talking all about business and beauty. Thank you very much for joining me today, Faye. Hello. Nice to see you. Yes, and lovely to see you as well. Um, What I'd like to talk about before we dive in, um, can you give some background to how your, your, your background, essentially, and how The Beauty Bulb and how The Beauty Book came about? Yes, definitely. So um, my career, I've been in the beauty industry now for probably approaching 17 years. Um, and my kind of obsession with it, I guess, started when I was at QVC Shopping Channel in the UK. So at the age of 22, um, I kind of I went in at PA level um, and quickly grew to love the, I mean, it was it's such a unique place, such a unique yeah. Anyway, but working with all of the owners and founders of beauty brands um, right through to like the huge corporations like Elemis and Decky or Nails Inc. So I really got a, a really varied kind of experience and I just fell in love with the, with the industry. Um, I stayed there for six years, um, loved it, but then was offered a role at Tangle Teaser um, which if anyone doesn't know is a global globally selling uh, a detangling hairbrush that sells globally and I think something like 80 countries now um but when I joined the brand they, used to, it, so they got turned down by Dragon's Den didn't they and then he went on and and just went stratospheric is that is that right Did you? that's exactly right and actually I think I think the show has now um declared Tangle Teaser the biggest success story and certainly the biggest success story that the Dragons didn't invest in yeah um, so it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, role to take on. It started out very much as a UK focused sales manager, sales director type role and quickly grew within 12 months to a, to a global role. And I was so, so lucky um, to work across every different type of sales channel from like Boots, Amazon, online retail, um, home shopping, travel retail, professional hair salons um, in so many different countries, including US, China. Um, I work with distributors. So it was a real kind of baptism of fire for me. And I learned a lot very quickly, also made lots of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, with, you know, during that role, um, I really got to know what it was like to start to, to be at the start of a brand journey yeah. and do everything. When the logistics guy was on holiday, we packed boxes and if something went wrong, we had to go to the factory and try and, you know, try and find a a solution for it. So there were so many different hats that I wore in that business. And yes, my role was always sales, but there was lots of other things that I got to experience. And I think that actually has really helped me to identify and to understand a lot of the people that we work with now, um, you know, the founders that we work with at Beauty Bulb. um, 
So Tangle Teaser, I was there for six years. Absolutely incredible experience. Um, and then I moved to Blue Gem Private Equity Group, where I did some work for them during an acquisition phase for beauty for beauty brands. And it was then that I founded Beauty Bulb. Um, and Beauty Bulb was, was launched to be a flexible consultancy initially. Um, I saw a gap. Um, and that was beauty brands who really wanted um, sales growth, expertise, contacts, network, somebody who'd been there and done it at different levels and different parts of the world and different types of sales channels. Um, but it's actually can be quite hard for beauty brands to, to find that if they don't work with a distributor or an agent. And while those types of relationships are brilliant, they're not always doable for, for all brands because some brands aren't in a position to sign a three-year contract or give away a certain amount of commission because they're bootstrapping it themselves. So I found a way to, um, to, to create a business that was flexible, dynamic. There was no one-size-fits-all model at Beauty Bulb. And that was kind of the premise of the business, but it quickly snowballed. Um, you know, it was me originally. Six months later, there was three of us. Um, and the team just grew from there. Um, so Beautiful Business started out as a consultancy, but now we have two parts of the business. Mm -hmm. So we have consultancy and we have the brand book. Um, and the brand book was launched in a place of uncertainty, if I'm completely honest. Um, I was actually on maternity leave. I had twins. Um, and then six months later, the pandemic hit. And yeah. suddenly growing business that we had that we created everybody was just on pause as you know as I'm sure most yeah. of the people everybody can relate to that and suddenly we went from having you know 20 clients to a handful of clients um and it was a case of okay how can we help our clients how can we keep our how can we keep our business alive and what can we do um, that's going to benefit people and what, what does everybody really, really need? And so that led us to create the brand book, which is um, essentially a digital trade show um, in that we exist to help make direct introductions between brands and beauty retailers, beauty distributors. Um, anybody that's within the beauty industry is, this is relevant to anybody in the beauty industry, um, but we're global. Uh, we work across all sales channels. So not just re we do work with retail distributors, online retail, home shopping, travel retail, social selling apps. Um, we really wanted this to be really far reaching and be applicable to everybody. Um, we've, we, you know, we've done a lot of physical trade shows in our careers, the team and I, and they are amazing, but they're also really hard and brands often struggle to choose. And, you know, you go and you, you build your trade show stand and you kind of pray that the right retailers are going to visit the stand. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, and the amount of cost from an investment point of view as a small brand to exhibit at a trade fair, you know, you're not probably doing that in year one, you know. And even if you do have the ability to do that, it's like, okay, which one do you choose? Because there are dozens, um, you know, you could do some in your home market, you could do some internationally. It really depends on what your strategy is, but um, the, you know, it's it's just not always doable. So we took that and some other kind of experiences with digital networking, digital eventing, 
And the really, we saw a gap that there wasn't something that was truly global, truly covered all sales channels, spoke to all beauty and wellness brands. Um, and so we created the brand book. Um, we're actually one year old tomorrow, the brand book. Happy early birthday. That's great. Um, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind of a year. But we started, when we launched, we, we tested the concept with the brand book UK and then Two months later, it, it was growing. Um, it was, you know, moving how we wanted it to move. And so we decided to launch the Brand Book Europe and the Brand Book Rest of World. So the two international platforms launched in January and we now have three. So what happens is brands will um, decide when they come to us which platform best suits kind of the direction of their business and they can choose to do one, two or three. They create a listing um, and then pay um, pay a year a year long membership fee, and then that is it. There's no hidden costs or commissions or anything like that. And does the year long membership fee vary depending on your turnover as a business, or is it a flat fee? It's a flat fee. So we wanted this to be accessible to everybody, whether mm-hmm. you are startup and indie brand or a leading um, you know a leading brand in a, in a country such as the US. You just maybe hasn't tested the UK or Europe. Great. And to give an idea of people at the, the scale of things and how it's growing, I know that you're a year old now. How, in terms of total brands, how many number of brands have you got on the brand book now? The re- the re- looking at retailers, we have we started out with um, 37 retailers when we launched. The retailers are what we call the users. So the retailers log in and they browse and select brands. And once that happens, we make the connection and then they're free to develop that conversation. The, the brand and the retailer can then progress and go on to uh, yeah. launch. So on the retailer side, we started with 37 a year ago, and that included people like Boots, the Hub Group, Amazon, Content Beauty, Liberty, Harvey Nichols, QVC, and, and many, many more. Mm-hmm. Um, or to where we are today, we have 250. Um, I know, it's so, we're, honestly, we're absolutely <laughs> over the We have... Um, Fantastic. 250 retailers and distributors across the world. Um, and it's growing now at a rate of around five to seven retailers per week. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Congratulations. That's really good. Thank and you. Then, and what about brands then? How many brands would you say are on your books? So brands, we have around about 150 brands listed across the three platforms, um, So, which we're incredibly proud of. And being completely honest, the first three months, it was about marketing the concept, talking about the concept, making sure people understood it and, you know, just kind of getting ourselves out there. And that wasn't easy because we didn't have like a, like loads of cash in the bank because we just paid for the setup and the design and the tech. And, you know, there is a team that supports the concept. So it was, you know, we couldn't do everything all at once. Yeah. Um, but we're in a different position that we're, you know, we're one year in and we've been able to invest in marketing and um, that's paying off. And so for the last few months, I'd say that we've really seen significant growth in on the retailer acquisition side, but also half of those listings from brands that I just mentioned, half of those have come in the last four months. So it just gives you an idea of how things are moving. Of the growth. Amazing. Yeah. And so for, for brands that are listening and for people that are buyers, whether you're a small boutique buyer or whether you're a buyer for Liberties or I know that they're already on the book or another, you know, someone else is listening. If you're not already on the using the brand book, then you need to check it out. And the links are going to be um, at the end. The links will be here that you can check out as well. So, 
thank you for that uh, introduction to to the business and to to what it does. Um, I think it's a fantastic service and something that I would have loved to have been able to to use when I was working in buying. Now you've just speaking of we've talked about virtual trade shows, but you've just come back from a raft. We're back in it's now twenty twenty two trade fairs are starting to come back and you have come back from I've seen you've been jetting around the world uh going to attending some uh of the beauty trade fairs that have been going on what have you seen um coming forward from a trend point of view while you were at the trade fairs well first of all I just think there's been this like whole this is buzz and this excitement from everybody like I, I know that um you know, Cosmoprof is something I've, I've attended for many years pre-pandemic. And this year, it just felt like everybody wanted to tell you they were going. Everybody's posting on social media and LinkedIn that they're there and everyone's really excited to be back. So I think there's just been this real like love and buzz for the industry and everyone's so happy to see each other and everyone really brought their A-game like from the stands to the teams to the products to, you know, just really selling themselves. Like it's been, a re- yeah, it's been amazing. April's been fun because we've we managed to do like four, four trade shows. Um, um, and I have to say, like, although we have a digital trade show, I absolutely love going to physical trade shows because they, you know, there's an energy and you cannot replace, you know, the whole face to face and the human element. And which is why we have a human team in our business. But I would say um, some trends that really stood out for me. Um, and this is from talking to a lot of our buying network as well. Um, I would say the waterless, the waterless trend. I mean, it's been around for a few years now, but I feel like it's it's so much more prevalent. So that was definitely something that we spotted. Um, I would also say um, the whole um, the whole piece around menopause and perimenopause is something is been really prominent in terms of social media and beauty and wellness brands are really honing in on that and rightly so. Um, and I think it's fantastic that has a lot more awareness, but I think on the brand side, we've seen some really interesting supplementation brands such as Empowder who are really focusing on that area within women and wellness. So that was, that is something that we've definitely seen a an increase of in terms of, brand more brands in that space but also in, an increased interest from our retail our buying network um and i'd say another area for me which is a new one for our business is sexual wellness so some really interesting brands such as like hanks hanks have been around for several years but i feel um they're really really helping to to drive the you know drive drive that that category um also kind of lubrication, um, just that category becoming more interesting. So from having like vegan options, more mm-hmm. sustainable options. And yeah, that was just something that, that stood out to me. Um, and I would say probably just wellness in general. And it's not surprising given we're in like post-pandemic era. Yeah. Um, but uh, supplementation, um, well, in it, it, marine collagen, brands like Colo and Revive, uh, supplementation brands like Simone Thomas Wellness and Bear Biology. I think these people are doing all doing the doing you know really exciting things within that category um, and talking to a really wide demographic. So that was really interesting to see. And talking about supplements, I was in Selfridges recently and um, hadn't been in London for a while. And I think for people, if they ever want to see, it's quite easy. When you're looking for, if you go looking for trends, you can find them, you know, so if you're, if you're a buyer or if you're thinking of setting up your own um, e-com business, selling brands, you know, 
go in and look at the space that people are giving to to areas and and things. And like I, said, I went to yeah. Selfridges, and you know there was I would say three three meter bay, um, you know three meter fixture all to supplements, and it had you know Vida Glow on it, and uh, you know quite a few other brands. And um, so I think when you go into those places and you can see the you know the space that they're giving to to different areas, it gives you an idea of you know, what is coming next. And that was, you know, that was a couple of months ago. So it's only going to get um, bigger again. And yeah. obviously you talk to a lot of retailers, you t- you get you get to see both sides of the, um, of the coin, so to speak. But um, what are the main issues that brands are having at the moment in terms of the conversations that you've had? What, what's kind of, what are brands struggling with at the moment? I think, I think there's just, on both sides, there's been a huge amount of, uncertainty in this post-pandemic situation that we're all in so you know retailers if we think back to two years ago they had they'd onboarded brands they had they'd, they'd purchased stock and then all of a sudden overnight this was all turned on it not overnight but within you know a month or so it was turned on its head so I think um I think there's you know there's there's areas that the retailers need to focus on in terms of their current brand portfolio and so I'd say, although I know, and, and you know, we're actually conducting a survey at the moment that's, that's trying to find out some of this information, we know that the retailers are super interested in new brands and innovation and lots of different areas within the beauty space, but they've still got to have a really huge focus on all of those things that they implemented two years ago. Yeah. So I'd say for brands, it's, it's, there's a lot, there's, it's a very crowded market in, in some within some categories within the beauty space so it's it's how do you stand out and how do you stand out in an even more difficult situation if that makes sense in this post-pandemic situation when people you know it the retailers aren't on you know I guess I think it is coming back now and I think the whole retail landscape and how we interact with buyers we're seeing so much more engagement and so much more traction in terms of new brand uptake but I still think that there's you know there's a lot of I guess there's a lot of there's a lot that needs to be done to kind of yeah I think standing out is is a real really big one for, for brands um and it's knowing I think for the brand side it's if you're a small brand and you're a startup brand it's knowing where to invest your money yeah uh, because you know if you are a startup and you are trying to stand out how do you make that noise because you have to invest in stock you have to invest in new product development you have to invest in marketing but then that's a whole nother that's a whole nother section just on its own when you take the marketing piece which areas do you invest in is it social media is it pr is it the kind of uh, partnership marketing with the retailers like can you do all three but the reality is is you know is it trade shows like the reality you've probably got to be picking you can do a couple of those things if you're a newer brand but you probably can't do all of them if that makes sense and suppose leading to that then what do you think beauty brands should be focusing on to help grow their business the top three this oh gosh i probably probably you can think of about 10 but i'll be quick so i'll, I'll try and whisk through some go, yeah go, go with 10 then go with however many you want <laughs> okay really nail your usp like who are you what do you what do you stand for be really clear with that and stay focused on it don't don't worry too much about what 
everybody else is doing because your competitors are your competitors, but they may be five years further down the line than you and they may have investment. So, you know, there's lots of different moving parts to that. So stay focused, know who you are um, and look at what your USP means for your demographics and make sure you're talking to the right people in the right way based on your USP. Um, I think network. I think there are some amazing places that brands can go now, CW, British Beauty Council, that offer um, a whole range of supporting webinars and you know documents and, and groups. I think that's really important. And I think, again, on the group side, if you can like, buddy up with some of the founders that don't compete in your space, then do it because you can share like the highs, the lows, the pitfalls and the do's and the don'ts. And somebody may have done something that you haven't and vice versa. And it just gives you a whole nother like set of brains to, to, to kind of work to work with. Um, I think getting true and real customer consumer feedback is key. Yeah. Um, We've actually recently connected with a business called Beauty Buddy who help brands to do this in a super clever way. Yeah, yeah love that business so much. And so I'd say that is so valuable and that is something that, you know, when you're um, pitching to retailers, that's, that's, that's really key. So that can be like, you know, um, influence level, but actually like your consumers, like what are they saying about the brand and is it consistent and are you listening to that? Um, beauty buddy I am actually interviewing Wendy in a couple of weeks for the podcast as well I'm doing I'm doing a, a round robin of beauty people I think at the moment but that's an app which shares reviews and testimonials and how you can use a product and, and that kind of thing isn't that right that's the way I could try and compare it, it's like TripAdvisor for beauty so um two things like you can go into some stores and you can scan products and it will give you that feedback. But similarly, they will support you in getting your brand and your products into the hands of consumers who will give you honest feedback that you can use throughout your business on your website, on your social, but also, you know, you, you can use that in a number of ways and you get to keep that feedback. Um, so I think for any beauty brand or wellness brand, I would say beauty buddy is like definitely definitely get in contact with them because there's a huge amount that they can do to support that that part of the business but I'd say a few other things be really realistic about your retailer objectives the amount of times we have brands come to us and say we really want to be in a really large pharmacy retailer and we're like okay that's great but actually this is what it might cost you over a year so are you ready for that or shall we take a step back and try and think about kind of laying a different kind of foundation so I'd say be realistic. Also, don't get too focused on one retailer because there's a lot of different methods of working between online and off, offline and um, pure play online retailers. So what you think might be the right fit, you might actually have like five or six conversations and you might actually find something else that ends up being a better fit for your, for your brand at the start. Um, I would also say look at your pricing model. Um, look at, set your RRPs but you have to be really mindful of your cost of goods, how that may or may not change and what that means for margin. And I don't just mean a retailer margin. Retailers will take a margin, but if you ever want to move to a distributor model as you grow internationally, is there room for that? Um, but I think- Out of interest, uh, sorry to interrupt you there. In terms of a distributor uh, percentage, what do they normally, what do distributors generally take 
Well, it can vary based on the size and the reach of the distributor and how much they're managing for you and what your marketing plans are um, and just, yeah, you know, what kind of the sales targets are. But I would say distributor is going to be taking at least 40% of your retail price. So if you think, if we work it backwards, say you've got um, an RRP of, say, £30 and then you take off the VAT, whatever whatever the VAT is in a, in a certain country, and then the retailer is going to, let's say the retailer takes 50%, um, so that, you know, then you're, you're at 50%, the distributor is going to take 40% of that number. So say if we're at £30, we're taking the VAT off, but let's say we're, we're yeah. now down at 15 Yeah. And then, so the distributor will take 40% of the 15. Correct. Of the wholesale price that they sell it to the retailer. So, you know, when you work in it, 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 sometimes that isn't always possible for the brands in the early stages, but it's just something to have in mind. Like what is your overall, what is your three to five year business plan? Because if distributors are in there, then you need to just make sure that you're sensibly priced. But on the other side, you can't just pick an RRP out of thin air and, well, it cost me this to make, so I'm just going to price it at £100. Like, you need to look at the ingredients. You need to look at, you know, get do some focus groups. Don't just listen to, you know, your friends and family. Like, you get the product in the hands of consumers and say, okay, what should you pay for this? Also, look at, like, your competitive set. What are other people doing in, sim- you know, in your category? Um, what, you know, what does that mean for your retail strategy? I just think the pricing, is, the pricing point is so important. Um, and something I would spend a lot of time on if I was um, launching my own brand. Especially because wholesale and, and, you know, having that wholesale and retail channel, you know, um, having is such a big part of growing your business as a brand. And what would you say are, if you're pitching to retail buyers, so you're a brand and you're pitching to retail buyers, what would you say are your, is your advice there? I would say again, like know who you are, like don't try and be everything to everybody. Um, and be really concise. A retailer doesn't want to see a deck with 30 slides and like what you've had for dinner, that they just want to, they, they want to, they know they want to quickly get to know the brand. They want to see what your, what is your, what do you look like? What does your brand feel like? Um, and so I'd say, yes, be concise. Um, but within that pitch or within that email or that pitch deck, they're going to want to see feedback, reviews, testimonials right through from, um, you know, real consumers or focus groups you know through to the beauty editors in the press the beauty influences if, if you're at that stage mm-hmm. um i think you also need to show that you've got um that you've got plans for new product development and marketing um because if you've got three products that that's great but a large retailer probably isn't going to have space for you if, if you haven't got plans to develop and be six or nine or 12 products in within the next two to three years and so I'd say being really clear that you're investing in that area of the business is key. Um, and I'd say keep going. It's very rare to get a yes um, straight away from a retailer. You have to have thick skin. You are going to hear a lot of no's. Be persistent. Keep moving with the business. Keep sharing those updates and that good news because it shows that you are moving forward. Yeah, that you're doing things, you're growing. Yeah. Um, and again, like just, I think surrounding yourself with in, in, on the whole, whether it's the pitch side or just in general for a beauty brand, I'd say surround yourself with great people. So that might be, like I said, some, you know, a, a group of people that are in a similar situation to you. If you can have a small advisory board, 
with people that are super experienced and been there and done it like that's a great idea um and just network and go to the events and join the different groups and just and just be really like really just just be you know in amongst it within the industry great advice there Faye thank you and if you're a retailer then um you know we were talking about it it's becoming quite a crowded market in terms of a lot of online beauty retailers are setting up as well um what do you think beauty retailers should be spending their money on right now and how do you see that changing or do you see that changing over the next 12 months um if i'm completely on i mean trend wise i mean we've touched on some trends if i'm completely honest if it was me and i owned my own beauty retail if I owned an online store, say, what I'd be spending my money on is really getting to know my customer. Mm-hmm. I'd be trying to get extract as much data as I possibly could to learn as much as I could about my current customer base and how I could acquire new customers. And so I think I would be talking to them about what they wanted and what they, you know, what they expected from us. Um I think that's where I would spend my money if I was a retailer, if I'm completely honest. Mm-hmm. And do you think um, from a, I know that we, we touched on the trend side of things, but, and obviously then there's also the sustainability element as well. And that will continue to grow. So are there any kind of more macro trends that you think people will be buying into or retailers need to be buying into if they're not already? I think sustainability is a given. Um, I think the waterless is is shown itself to be um, a huge emerging trend over the last two years. Supplementation, as we said, and I think people want to see more diversity within the beauty space. I think that is key. I think that retailers, and I know a lot of retailers are placing a huge amount of emphasis um, on on offering um, a more diverse set of brands for you know. To, to be more inclusive. And I think that is absolutely key. Yeah, key in what they what they should be doing. And to finish off, say, so you obviously established a great business with what you have with the brand book and the beauty bulb. What are your aims for them both, for both sides of the business? Okay, so the, for the consultancy, we just want to continue working with exciting brands and um, offering some, a, a business model that's flexible and dynamic and you know, we mould to suit their needs and their budget. And I love that we do that and we get a great response and we have an amazing team that runs that part of the business. So I'd say that that is kind of the consultancy in a nutshell and that's what we love doing. So we want to continue that. Um, I'd say for the brand book, it, um, we've got three goals for this year and it's really, 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 really simple. Um, and that is to increase the users dramatically. So we want to go from 250 to 400 over the next 12 months um that's the retailers and distributors that's so that we can increase engagement become an even bigger global player but but more importantly offer the best possible return on investment for our brands our brand partners um we want to increase our human team within the platform so that again increased engagement means increased introductions means increased sales for the brands and for the retailers so that is really key. And we've actually just hired a full-time person who starts in a few weeks, which is really exciting for us. Um, and then the third is obviously to, to work with as many exciting brand, brands from all over the world um, and to help them. Super, we, we say, you know, supercharging their sales is, is what we set out to do for them. So there are three clear goals for the brand book this, year, this next 12 months. 
Thank you so much. So I will be putting the show in the, the links to where everyone can find you. But if you just let us know where people can find you. So it's the at the beauty bulb. At beauty bulb on Instagram, at beauty bulb on LinkedIn. And our website is beautybulb.co.uk. And then there's links through those to the brand book. Yes. So we have on the website, you will find our services and within that, the brand book. And then you can you can um, see the drop down menus of each different brand book. So UK, Europe, rest of the world. And we we publish all of the retailers that we work with on there. So we're totally transparent about that. And then we also publish the territories where we have distributors globally as well. Amazing. It sounds ideal. And you've done the hard work for so many people and for so many brands out there already. All they now have to do is pitch, sell and make sure they have a brilliant brand. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, which I'm sure you have, I would love for you to leave a review, subscribe, and I will see you again next Thursday for another episode of Start, Scale, Succeed.